Thanks for joining us for our Seifarth Shaw Policy Matters podcast, filling out the DOL roster, Deputy Secretary and Solicitor nominees on tap. I'm Scott Hecker, Senior Counsel in the Seifarth's DC office. I'm a member of the firm's Labor and Employment Group with a focus on workplace safety, wage hour, and government relations and policy. Prior to joining the firm, I spent about 12 years in various positions with the USDOL Solicitor's Office and Wage and Hour Division. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by my fellow Government Relations and Policy Group member and frequent podcast collaborator, Scott Mallory, Labor and Employment Counsel in the firm's Sacramento office. Scott's an avowed policy wonk and former political consultant. Scott, always a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back, Scott. <laughs> now that Secretary Marty Walsh is official at DOL, the Biden administration needs to fill out his team. These are the folks who will support the secretary and execute the administration's policies and priorities. At the top of that list are DOL's deputy secretary and solicitor, the second and third ranking officials in the department. Julie Sue had her Senate committee hearing on March 16th and news of Seema Nanda's nomination landed on March 26th. Scott, what can you tell us about Julie Sue's tenure as secretary for the California Labor and Workforce Development Agency? You know, it's interesting for those on the national level, which is, you know, a lot of this audience is they don't know Julie Sue's tenure very well. Is the LWGA is actually, she's only been in that position since 2019. She actually spent a lot more time at the DLSE, which is actually called the Department of Labor and Standards Enforcement Agency. But, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, you know, during their time at the LWGA, and I would talk about a little bit about her confirmation as well. She has always had very, very strong backing from the labor unions and the labor lobby here in California. And for those that don't know, the labor lobby here in California is incredibly powerful and incredibly strong. So she always was at sort of the top of their list, right, at the LWDA. She's also whip smart. She's a MacArthur Genius Grant Award winner, Harvard Law. She speaks three languages. She's obviously very, very smart. The employer community in general has had, you know, some some issues with her as far as, you know, sort of open access and, you know, the way that she's sort of kind of, to, at least to some in the community, arbitrarily uh, led enforcement at, what, during her time at the DLSE. Now, I say that somewhat cautiously because there are a number of folks in the management side sort of attorney world who would say that Julie Sue is almost perfect for what you're going to get in Sacramento or in California, right? In that she had an open door and was uh, was willing to listen to sort of creative kind of enforcement, you know, options. So, you know, someone like Ben Ebnick from Fisher Phillips is kind of a perfect example. He was in the California legislature for a long time. He sort of praised her along those kind of lines because he was able to have access to her as well. So there is some good and some bad. I would expect her to operate a little bit differently on the national level than she operated at the state level, just because the union and labor presence is so powerful in California. Now, since we're talking about the DOL roster, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how Seema Nanda landed the solicitor nomination? Because that is that's quite the job as well. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh... I mean, she's a labor and civil rights lawyer by trade. So I think some things in common probably there with Julie Sue as a nominee. 
And, you know, we've already seen the uh, quote unquote democratic operative label thrown at her, but uh, some people I've talked to kind of bristled at that notion, um, acknowledging that she was the CEO of the DNC. She also has experience at the NLRB, in DOJ's Civil Rights Division, and at the department, uh, DOL, where she's been under uh, President Obama and Secretary Perez, uh, the Deputy Chief of Staff and Chief of Staff to Secretary Perez, as well as Deputy Solicitor. So that knowledge uh, of the inner workings of the Secretary's and Solicitor's offices seems invaluable, particularly where you have someone like Secretary Walsh, never had a federal position. He came as a mayor from Boston to that role. And the DEPSEC nominee, Julie Sue, she's a newbie to the, yeah. to the federal stage as well. They both have state backgrounds and impressive resumes, but not something, you know, federal experience is not one of the tools in, in either of their tool belts. So I think, you know, Seema Nanda's nomination is, is maybe a nod to that. And we've also talked previously about how there are other folks sort of in advisory roles who have come back from the Obama administration to kind of play that role and support folks who who aren't as accustomed to the national stage. So it's a, it's definitely an interesting pick. You mentioned the DLSE and you know I'm sure our clients yeah. when you said, "Oh, she had a longer tenure at the one that has enforcement in the title." <laughs> uh, I'm sure people sort of pricked up at that. Yeah. So what can you tell us uh, how do you think that will impact a deputy secretary sue assuming that's that's where we land? Yeah, so it's always so California has all the kind of agencies and sub agencies, the Department of Industrial Relations and the D D Department of Fair Employment and Housing. But but you're right. The majority of time that she spent in sort of the California labor and employment enforcement world was at the DLSE. And I expect her to bring that role to a federal level because you know, as we've seen, I think that, you know, and as we've talked about enforcement and sort of selective and targeted enforcement is going to be paramount, I think, in this administration. And Julie Sue has been praised over and over for her sort of creative thinking outside the box enforcement. Indeed, a lot of what she was praised for during her time at the DLSE was these sort of warehouse investigations where she targeted specific industries that had warehouse workers that were working sort of in places with too high temperatures, she really has focused on sort of abuses in what's called the underground economy, which, you know, a lot of uh, big, big higher level employers didn't like very much because, you know, a lot of the people that were being targeted were, were sort of creating products for the bigger employers, but those employers didn't know about them. So they were ultimately becoming liable. So I just think that that sort of creative enforcement is really what she's going to bring to the DOL on a federal level. It's funny in 2013, uh, management side office sort of wrote a, a legal alert that said, uh, employers beware, the labor commissioner is coming for you, which is talking specifically about Julie Sue. So I think that we talked a lot about uh, enforcement, and I think that that is sort of the role that she's going to play. Uh, to that end, Scott, how do you think that Simonanda's previous careers are going to help her in her new role? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess in the first instance, the role won't be completely new to her, right? We talked about she has that experience in the secretary's office and in the solicitor's office. So that background will probably help her jump back into the DOL fray quickly, which is important given everything that's on the plate of the agency right now. I understand that when she was at the department under President Obama, and we overlapped, though I don't recall actually working with her directly, yeah. <laughs> um, she had a reputation, though, for being smart, helpful, quick, like, for example, read through a dense hundreds of pages silica rule over a weekend kind of quick, you know, just really able to sort of 
get through that kind of work and, and internalize it quickly. Thinking about rulemaking, you know, I've talked to some other folks uh, about our favorite topic, uh, personnel as policy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have Patricia Smith there. I said there's some some sort of old Obama folks coming back to to sort of support and assist. She was President Obama's solicitor, and she's back in the DOL fold. Seema Nanda assuming that head lawyer role now where she's had experience and, and sort of seen how things have gone. And then Sharon Block, who's another former Obama official over at OIRA, you know, the sort of rulemaking arm of the White House. And it seems like you know, there was a frequent criticism of the Trump administration about rulemaking that they yes. sort of left their rules open to to challenge that they were, you know, subject to sort of litigation tactics to invalidate. Yeah, espe- them. Maybe- especially Sorry. on the administrative procedure ground, correct? Right. And and yeah. these folks, these three, these three women are very, very knowledgeable about those procedures and the APA. And it it really looks like the Biden administration is kind of trying to account for the experience of the Trump administration and, and rectify that for the department and say, look, we want these to be as airtight as possible. Yeah. And I mean, some of our clients, I think, have probably had success challenging these rules in places like the Northern District of Texas. And you kind of, I think this administration has an eye towards surviving challenges in those kinds of arguably employer-friendly uh, jurisdictions. And they, they really want to make it as strong as they can for any of those kinds of challenges. Yeah, I mean, so, to that and just look at the Southern District of New York's ruling, basically almost completely quashing out the uh, joint employer rule that the DOL under Donald Trump issued, right? So yeah. that's precisely, they're going to try to make those things as airtight as possible. Yeah, exactly. Are, and I just so, want to make one note, I know we're running out yeah. of time here, Scott, but we're talking about the velocity of change. I, I think that the DOL is similar currently to the Department of Justice, right? And that we're seeing these nominations being slow walked. So even though Julie Sue's sort of coming over here to that enforcement rule, the Republicans are, I think, really going to continue to slow walk these nominations. And we're not going to see these sort of pieces of the puzzle to get to these, you know, really airtight rulemakings that we saw for a while, because, you know, we're talking about unemployment, things that happen in California, et cetera. So, so yeah. I think that that is slowing down the velocity of change a little bit as well. Got it. Yeah. I just, just sort of to wrap up, I think, you know, Simonanda's pick is probably playing really well with DOL career enforcement or career staff in general. People yeah. like her. She's cared about management in the past. She's got emotional intelligence. You know, I've heard that she was integral in improving the department's efforts when it comes to the federal employee viewpoint survey, which the Partnership for Public Service puts out, you know, the best places to work in government. And she cared about that. She They invested in sort of employee engagement. And in fact, uh, the CEO of the uh, Partnership for Public Service you know, supported her as an exceptional nominee for this role. She has a legal and litigation background that will be a little bit different than Cato, Cato Scanlon, who was the Trump solicitor. I mean, she yeah. didn't have so much of the litigation background or necessarily the labor background. So if enforcement is the name of the game, as, as yeah. you mentioned with Julie Sue, I think we see the same thing with, with Simananda. Yeah. And, you know, there's still holes to fill, though, just, you know, filling these two folks, Janet Harold, the Region 9 regional solicitor based in San Francisco, who was fired by the Trump administration, then brought back by the Biden administration, is now out again. And, you know, other folks like Kathy Bissell, who was a deputy solicitor, also recently retired. So, and and I'm another example of attrition. So, you know, <laughs> there are folks in and out of the department. So they have holes to fill, but they're, they're trying to get that top-down stuff going. I just want to say before we part ways, 
bad attrition has done nothing but benefit us as we have gained <laughs> you as a wonderful colleague, Mr. Hecker. Well, thank you, sir. It's always great to chat. Thanks, of course, to our listeners for joining us for the Cyforth Shaw Policy Matters podcast, filling out the DOL roster, deputy secretary, and solicitor nominees on tap. Please check out our website for additional content, and please reach out to your friendly neighborhood Cyforth attorney with any question. One more programming note, please keep an eye out for an invitation to our May 4th Government Relations and Policy Group webinar on the Biden administration's first 100 days. Thanks again for listening.